Before we begin a very important One Kingdom Disciple message series next Sunday, I felt led to share this standalone message with you today, entitled, Not Everything's Changed. We, in the past, have often said that change happens very quickly in our society. Well, March 2020 took that to a whole other level. Change is a part of all of our lives, but for those, uh, let's say, north of 50 especially, think about, and, and beyond that, You've been around a number of decades. I mean, just think about the change that has happened in our lifetime. My dad and I were talking recently about uh, what his mom might think if she could come back somehow and see him talking on his phone with no cord attached. And, and wherever he goes, he can talk on this phone. She'd, she'd probably just be amazed by that. And she'd probably add the statement or the question, what do you mean you can, uh, you can text a message instead of talking it? She, she'd have to, you know, try to wrap her mind around that. A lot of change. Some of you are old enough to have seen clothing styles change uh, and cycle back around uh, maybe a few times, uh, especially the necktie. In the 30s, I wasn't, just to clarify, I wasn't around at that time, but the, the, the ties, they say, were very wide with bold art patterns on them. And then in the 50s, they were skinny. And then later 60s into the 70s, very wide again. And then the 80s were a bit of a mix, uh, including the knit tie and the leather tie, of which I had both, I might, I might add. Uh, and then in the 90s, they were, uh, ties were a little more moderate in terms of width or skinniness, uh, but often with some uh, pretty bold flow floral or paisley patterns. I'm waiting for these to come back in style. So take a good look. Uh, you might see those again uh, if they ever come back. As a matter of fact, I probably could wear those nowadays. As a 14-year-old kid in 1977, I had these sweet pair of bib overalls, a corduroy black overalls that I wore with a silk shirt. And they were uh, wide leg bottom, uh, had platform boots with the zipper up the end. Just, just style it. But a 14-year-old kid today obviously wouldn't, wouldn't wear that. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my uh, 1984 mauve, double, yes, mauve double-breasted jacket to come back in style. And the minute I see that on the rack at RW and Company, I'm, I'm bringing mine out of the storage box. So be, be prepared. Styles change. Change all around us. Even the location of continents change. Did you know that Australia drifts 70 millimeters to the northeast every year. It's now potentially starting to mess with the GPS system because it's, it's moved a little more than five feet since its GPS was last updated. I mean, that could start to cause issues. For instance, uh, driverless tractors that help the farm work uh, or help with, with farm work will start to have problems because the information about the farm won't line up with the coordinates that are coming from the navigation system. So conceivably, a neighbor's tractor could be chewing up another neighbor's beautiful lawn instead of tilling his own field. Could happen, I guess. Author Thomas Friedman writes about rapid changes with computers over the decades. He says, if a 1971 VW Beetle had undergone as many changes to its power and speed as has occurred with computers, today that Volkswagen Beetle would be able to go 300,000 miles per hour and would get 2 million miles per gallon. Interesting. I mean, who, who thinks of this stuff? But change. Change is something 
that's talked about, that's philosophized about. It's something that is uh, sometimes pursued, sometimes rejected, sometimes necessary, and sometimes unwarranted. But it's constant in our human sphere. Change. March 2020, we'll never forget it. We experience change, disruptive change. It's been a time of unsettling uncertainty, which has brought significant anxiety and fear for many people. But in the midst of this, I have some great news for you today, that not everything has changed. God, our God, the God of the Bible, the creator of the universe has not changed. His word has not changed. His promise to lead and strengthen and provide for us, none of that has changed. His promises have not changed because he has not changed. In Titus 2.13, the Apostle Paul, the writer there in the New Testament, refers to Jesus Christ as our Savior uh, or our God and Savior. And, and that's exactly who he is. He's God by nature, and thus he, and only he, can be our eternal Savior. And it's about this God and Savior, Jesus Christ, that Hebrews 13.8 says is the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, describing Jesus Christ as unchanging, which is a characteristic of God alone. Theologians call it uh, God's immutability. In other words, he can't change. He doesn't need to change because he's perfect and always has been perfect from eternity past. And you see, God intends this truth about his perfect and unchanging character to bring strength and peace to our hearts in a constantly changing world that, that shifts and weaves and, and throws curveballs at us sometimes, as we've seen this year. Before COVID, after COVID, during COVID, Jesus is the same. He's loving, he's faithful, he's powerful, he's all-wise, he's compassionate, more than able to provide all we need. He's more than able to sustain us through, uh, through con um, uh, confusing and, and, and painful times. He's more than able to keep us in the palm of his hands in the midst of the storms of life. And let me remind you, those hands were a part of creation. They were the same hands that created the universe. And yes, Jesus is the creator, along with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. God the Son, Jesus, was a part of creation. Don't forget that. So he's able, he's able to guide and strengthen you and lead your life and provide for you. And we have this reminder about uh, Jesus being a part of creation in Colossians 1, uh, a, a little letter in the New Testament that we recently studied uh, on Sunday mornings, Colossians 1, 16 and 17. It says, for by him, Jesus Christ is the subject here, remember, by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through him, through Jesus Christ, and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist, or are held together. Sounds like a definition of God to me. And so the simple and important biblical reminder for this new year is that Jesus, because he's God, he has not changed. 
as the God of the universe. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit brought this very basic but very biblical and and life-transforming reminder to my mind as I prayerfully considered what I would speak on today and this message for you today. Uh, I want to share three specific examples of the unchanging and trustworthy uh, nature of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. And, and I just encourage you, please, open your hearts to these uh, simple truths. Don't let the simplicity of them just kind of uh, get by you. Let them, let them sink into your heart and mind. Let these Embrace the scriptures that I'm going to share, maybe even to the point of committing them to memory so that it, it can be a, a bit of a strategy, taking God's word into your heart and mind, a strategy uh, to strengthen your heart to trust God more, and a strategy to fortify your mind against thought patterns that, too often bring uh, anxiety and fear, okay? First of all, Jesus has not changed. Number one, his love and care for you have not changed. Some of you may, may have begun to believe the lie that because life is hard that God somehow loves you less. Life, life difficulties have nothing to do with the degree of God's love for us. He deeply loves and wants to care for you in every season of life. He wants to walk with you uh, as you you live life in this very broken world where where life is hard. I want you to think about this very carefully, that, that his love and care for you actually started before you were born. Before you were born, he saw you, he knew you. Psalm 139, 13 to 18. And listen intently to to these words. The writer says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. He's speaking to God, of course. And knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully, wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I read that and I can't help to think, uh, but, but think about abortion. Don't, don't tell me that abortion doesn't break God's heart. It absolutely does. But, but listen, listen, if, if you've had an abortion, God's grace and his complete forgiveness is there for you. He offers freedom from the the torment of the guilt that you may be living with over that choice that you made, maybe even decades ago. And so I encourage you to please take him up on his offer to to forgive you and to restore you. And then verse 17 and 18 of Psalm 139, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. He's speaking to you, these words, to you today. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They they outnumber the grains of sand. God's thoughts, loving thoughts about you. That's an amazing statement in in the Bible. And you can take and you can apply that to your life. Maybe you need to reread that passage later today from Psalm 139 and throughout the week. Just, just amazing words. Those, those are words, again, directly from God to you. Let them encourage and strengthen you by, by choosing to believe that they apply to you. 
Many things in our world have changed, but his love for you has not. He could not love you more than he does already because he loves you so completely. And he, 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 uh, his, his love for you uh, has never diminished at all. Never. Not even when you messed up real bad that time, remember? Re- remember when you thought God was done with you? Some of you have thought that. And maybe that's you today, you're thinking that. You're wrong about that. God's love and care for you continues no matter what you do. Oh, sure, he wants you and me to to make better and healthier and and, and more God-honoring choices, yes, and grow in our character to become more like him, of course. But he loves us still and cares for you enough to help you reset some of those old destructive patterns of, of thought and choices or actions. He cares so much that he's promised to walk with us along the way. Listen to Psalm 32.8. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye upon you. What a beautiful verse of scripture that again applies to you. Jesus loves you just as much today as when he hung on the cross dying for you. And, and since Jesus is God, I believe that he was thinking of you as he sacrificed his life to pay the penalty of sin, which was death for you. He did that. And then rising from the dead by God's power to prove he's the only one who could deliver the gift of eternal salvation so that you and, and I could enter into his family and, and live in complete joy and freedom eternally with him. It's powerful stuff. For a time, yes, we live in a broken, hurting, pain-filled, confusing world until, until God redeems us and redeems the world, which the Bible is clear about that he will do. But until that time, in this, in this sin-marred world, Life isn't always, isn't always fair, but that doesn't change or, or, or diminish the love and character of God, nor his care for us. Secondly, Jesus' power has not changed. His love and care for us has not changed, never will. The depth of that and, and Jesus' power has not changed. I wanna remind you that Jesus was not surprised when COVID came on the scene. He's not, he's not rattled. Jesus is not rattled by the state of the economy, nor is he confused uh, with the many contradictory messages we've heard in the last several months, evidence of human wisdom. Jesus has zero uncertainty about the future. When we talk about the power of Jesus shown in our lives, we need to have two scenarios in mind. One is his power, to intervene, and secondly is his power to sustain. God has power to intervene and change circumstances, and he does that. I've seen it, many of you have, but but if in his infinite wisdom and eternal perspective that he has, if he chooses to not change circumstances, as is the case sometimes, he also has the power to sustain us and to bring us safely into his eternal presence as we trust in his grace along the difficult way. But that's up to us in how we respond in the difficulties 
I think of the story in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel. I remember uh, quite some time ago, Pastor Jaden preaching on this. Daniel and his friends who loved God and wanted always to serve God were about to be thrown into a fiery furnace because they would not bow down, they would not worship a statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had uh, uh, put up and, and was demanding worship. They knew, Daniel and his friends, they knew that, uh, that God was able, definitely able to deliver them from such a terrible end in the furnace, but they made it clear, Daniel 3.18, they made it very clear that even if he didn't, they would not worship or bow down to the statue. In other words, they'd rather be fully surrendered to their creator and lose their earthly and temporary lives than turn their back on God who could save them eternally. I can't imagine having to make that choice, but it, it, it totally makes sense. They, they recognize something that the Apostle Paul wrote about in the New Testament, that there is far more to this thing we call life. There is far more than our relatively few brief years in this challenging physical existence. Paul wrote about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. And Paul is talking here honestly about his own suffering in this world. And then he shares these perspective-giving words about a future time when all brokenness and all pain of this world will be gone and will be brought into God's eternal presence to be with him forever. An amazing time. He said this, he put it this way, our present troubles are small. I mean, if you know Paul's story, you look, he, he suffered more than most of us can comprehend. And yet he's able to say, our present troubles are small and won't last very long. He's thinking in terms of what eternity is, right? Yet, he writes, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Perspective is always good to have. And God is reminding us here to Work hard at keeping an eternal perspective on things in the midst of life's difficulties. I mean, this, this, doing this will, will help sustain us and keep our heart in the right place. There's another scripture just to encourage you today that you might want to reflect on after the, throughout the day, throughout the week. Psalm 18, verse 2, it says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust. I mean, th th those are some great things that God wants to be for us right there in that verse. And, and I want to repeat something that some of you might really need to hear. That God can deliver us by removing the difficulty that we're facing, changing the circumstances, and that's great if he does. We all, we all thank God for that, of course. But if that doesn't happen, he will, he will deliver us if we trust him. He will deliver us from the power of that difficulty or that struggle to destroy our relationship with Christ. He will deliver us from sinking into despair or, or a place of bitterness so, so that so that ultimately he will deliver us into the eternal presence of our heavenly Father if we trust him and, and, and walk in a posture of surrender to him through 
the challenges of life. Don't get derailed by the pain you're experiencing. Don't, get, don't, don't let the, the, the difficulties of your situation derail your relationship with Jesus. Choose trust in him. Choose that. Jesus' love and care has not changed. Jesus' power has not changed. And thirdly, Jesus' promise of eternal life has not changed, which I've referred to already. In John 11, 25 to 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And that's not an intellectual assent, that, that belief Jesus is referring to. That's not merely an intellectual assent to truth. It's a, it's a, it's a surrender of everything we are, that kind of trust, that kind of belief that Jesus is talking about. And, and yes, physically, yes, we die. But Jesus was referring to the spirit that he created. In other words, the real us that resides in this temporary dwelling place we call the physical body. And when our spirit is reborn in, in this life, as we trust in Jesus as our, and invite him to be the forgiver of our sin and the leader of our life and we surrender everything to him, there's, there's then no, no dying. That's what Jesus is talking about. There's no dying. There's just, there's just living in a different place, a more awesome place in the future by far. And that reality is often referred to as the great hope of the Christian. And not hope as we often use the word, you know, oh, I hope that'll happen. It might, it might not, but I hope so. No, no, the, the, the way it's used in the New Testament, the Christian hope of eternal life, is uh, it's a sure thing. It is signed, sealed, and delivered by Jesus' death and resurrection. You see, without this future and eternal hope, there, there's, there's, there's only sadness. There, there, it, it, there's futility, nothing but futility. It's like author and atheist Christopher Hitchens, who, having been diagnosed with cancer back in 2010, wrote a very sad reflection about feeling deeply, as he put it, deeply oppressed by a gnawing sense of waste. He said, when you sit in a room with other finalists, and kind people bring a huge transparent bag of poison to plant into your arm, his chemotherapy treatment, and the venom gradually enters into your system. You feel swamped with passivity and impotence, dissolving in powerlessness like a sugar lump in water. What a, what a, what a sad statement. It's, it's the sad reality for one without Christ, and, and thus without the hope of the gift, free gift of eternal life. 1 John 5, little letter near the end of the New Testament, uh, 1 John 5, 11 and 12 says, God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son, capital S, Jesus Christ. He who has the Son, the person who has the Son, has accepted him, has trusted him, has surrendered to him. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. The life that Jesus spoke of, that which is eternal. I hope that today, if you don't know Jesus right now, and you don't know that you have this, this life, this eternal life that, that God offers you, I hope that today will be your day to trust Jesus. You know, Satan is real. He's not a little 
scary creature in a red outfit. No, he's, he's a formerly an angel in heaven, the Bible tells us, and ever since, pride entered his heart and he got kicked out of heaven. He has been opposed to every good thing that God wants for our lives. And so he would want to plant things like discouragement, uh, accusation, hopelessness, despair in our minds. And so when you have those types of thoughts, you know they're not from your loving Heavenly Father. They're not from God who loves you so much. God loves you and wants to bring you encouragement. He wants to breathe hope into your heart and mind and into your life. And so identify what is not from him and declare God's truth over what could otherwise steal your joy and your peace in Jesus. My friends, I, I, I need to do this myself regularly. And so these simple truths again to declare as reminders, as simple reminders are Jesus' love and care have not changed. Jesus' love and care for me, for you has not changed. Jesus' power has not changed. To, to either intervene and, and change circumstance or sustain us through a difficult season. And Jesus' power, or, or sorry, Jesus' promise of eternal life has not changed. I mean, that's a, that's a whole lot of hope. That's a whole lot of beautiful life right there in those statements. And so in a world of change, the simple and life-transforming and eternity-shaping truth of John 3.16 has not changed. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Some of you hearing this message today have an inner uh, unsettledness. You're seeking truth. And I encourage you, way to go for seeking that out. You need to know that God has provided the answer to every need that you have in sending Jesus Christ for you. He wants to walk with you every day in a personal relationship at your invitation. He wants to forgive you. To, he wants to lift you up. He wants to lovingly direct you in his infinite wisdom. He wants to lead, lead you into an eternity spent with him. If you'll only say, Jesus, I recognize that you came to take upon yourself the penalty for sin, which, which belonged to me, but you took it so that I could go free and live eternally with you. I receive you. I trust you. I surrender to you as the forgiver of my sin and the leader of my life today. And in that moment, my friend, you are a part of the eternal family of God, truly. So, Father, I pray for those that are in seeking mode right now. I pray that in this moment, decisions would be made, choices would be made by people who have been seeking truth and they today realize that that truth is a person and it's Jesus Christ and they surrender to him. God, I pray your peace and your strength and your provision for everyone watching today. That the truths of your word as we've talked about this in this message would sink deep into hearts and minds and transform our thinking and our patterns of behavior and how we uh, view you, God. And we pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen.